What we're doing is we're talking to members a lot more. We're talking to our employees a lot more and we're getting asked a lot of questions and the questions that we're getting are, are really, really good. We're talking about what their future holds. They're talking about what they can do now for their future. So that's fantastic for us. Hi, I'm Melinda DeVita, Head of Market Growth from Build Super and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. Warren Buffett famously remarked, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. A quote that perfectly captures the concept of superannuation. One of the most significant investments that you can make for your future. Superannuation is important to understand whether you are at the beginning of your career or an established business owner. Now listeners, because this is a guest from a financial institution and it is a heavily regulated industry, there is a disclaimer before we begin the show. And that is... This podcast episode contains general advice only and doesn't take into account what you currently have, want and need for your personal circumstances. Melinda DeVita, Head of Market Growth at Guild Super, joins us today to recap the 2020 year in superannuation, discuss some of the recent industry reforms and provide some insight into what's on the horizon for Guild Super. Here's Mel. Hi, Melinda. Welcome to the show and thanks very much for joining us today. Depending on who you are as a listener for today's show, you may have spent a lot of time thinking about your superannuation or you may not have thought about it very much at all. So to start us off, Mel, can you give us a bit of a recap on how the superannuation sector is traveling through what has been a pretty difficult 2020? The sector has had a lot of focus this year and I'm looking at that as actually quite positive. So COVID's brought superannuation to the spotlight What it has done is it's removed what I refer to the superannuation glaze. So this is a a blank look that we get from people when we start talking about super. It's It's not even going to their happy place it's just going somewhere other than what I'm talking about. So um, what we're finding is that members and employers are finally getting really engaged with super because what 2020 has done, it's brought it into the now as opposed to the future at some really far, far time in the distance. Um, So what we're doing is we're talking to members a lot more. um, We're talking to our employees a lot more and we're getting asked a lot of questions and the questions that we're getting are are really, really good. Um, You know, so they're talking about what their future holds. They're talking about what they can do now for their future. So that's fantastic for us. Um, But in relation to the sector itself, um, just as a quick summary, you know, we are looking and, and we're starting to see some more merger activity between the superannuation funds. So that's quite interesting. It's always good to get that little update in the morning that comes through from the sector magazines. Uh, we've got the recommendations from the Royal Commissions are continuing to be rolled out. Now, there has been a bit of a delay with some of them coming into force, again, just because of COVID and people not being able to work 100%. So that's been great that we've been given a little bit of reprieve. But superannuation ultimately, is, it's a really dynamic sector. Uh, not one day is the same. Um, it keeps it really interesting, but it also keeps it extremely challenging, which is what I love about the sector. Um, but I'm also conscious, you know, we're recording this 
podcast now and that's the end of November, there's still a good month to go to the end of the year. So, um, you know, it's been such a um, momentous year. You know, one month to go, anything can happen. Well, Mel, it's certainly important work and an important focus for people and their future. And those changes are usually for the good. And we've seen change and reform across a lot of different areas over the course of 2020. Superannuation has certainly not been absent in that regard. On the recent federal government announcement on superannuation, what impacts do you see for your members? So there were a few changes and a few announcements that came through in the federal budget announcement. Some of it was quite unexpected. Uh, We were kind of looking at a bit of a lacklustre announcements for superannuation, but me being the nerd that I am, stayed up and watched Joshy make his announcement. Um, So, you know, a couple of of big things that have come in. So um, they're looking at um, putting a stapling mechanism in for superannuation. And this is going to be rolled out. Um, it's planned by the 1st of July next year. So, again, we've only got seven months to get this done. Um, the aim of the reform is really to stop the creation of unintended superannuation accounts. So what that means is currently if you join a new employer and you don't tell them about your existing super fund, uh, by law, then they need to pay superannuation to you. So they'll put you in their own super um, fund, so their default fund is what it's called. Now, what this has meant is that there's multiple accounts that are created um, that shouldn't necessarily be created because the members already got a fund that they contribute to. So the downfall of this is that there's multiple fees and costs that are being charged by having multiple accounts and they're eating away at people's superannuation balances. So what they're intending to do, and look, this is still, you know, we're still waiting for some final instructions to come through, um, but what they're intending to do is if you are with a super fund and you change your employer, there's going to be a mechanism built out where your employer will be able to find out which fund you're currently with and then continue to pay superannuation into that account. So that's really good. Um, Another thing that's going to come in is that if you don't have an existing super fund, so say you're new to work, um, you'll be given a website, a comparison website, where you'll be able to log in and choose a super fund that you feel is right for you. Um, and the third step, so if you don't have an existing super account, if you don't want to choose an account, well, then it will go back to your employer. So you'll go back to the default account that the employee's chosen. So what this is going to do, and the aim of this, is to actually stop the creation of over 2 million unintended accounts um, over the next 10 years or so. And what that's going to result in, and, and this is really important, is that it's going to save about $2 billion worth of duplicate fees and charges for members, which just gets you to a better retirement. Um, a couple of other things that are coming through. So I talked about a comparison tool. Uh, so this is going to be run by the ATO, and uh, it's going to allow people to compare superannuation funds based on various criteria but it is going to be very much based around performance, so investment performance, and the fees that they charge. So we're still waiting for some final details to come through in relation to this. There is already something in place. It's called the heat map. Um, So, you know, if you're really excited about superannuation, you want to get ahead of the game, um, suggest you, you know, you can Google it and it will come up. Um, And there's also a a performance test that's being introduced by, by the regulators for um, my super products. And what that means is it sets a benchmark for performance. Now, if you fall below that benchmark, 
um, there's going to be some severe consequences. So what that means is that you'll have to notify um, as a fund that you're no longer able to take on new members, but you also need to let your existing members know of your underperformance. And I can guarantee you there is no fund out there um, that wants to do that to their members. Um, the other thing that's coming in is we've all seen the ads. Um, you know, if there's not one ad, every single ad break about superannuation, um, you must be getting yourself a cup of tea or something and missing them. But it is legislated that the superannuation guarantee that you get paid will be increasing to 10% from the 1st of July. Now, that's legislated. But what we're um, seeing is that it appears that this is going to be deferred. So just keep an eye on that. Watch this space. I'm sure, you know, the media will let us all know about it um, if you don't open up your email from your superannuation fund. Um, and the other interesting thing that we're hearing a lot about um, and might be of more interest to the younger listeners is um, there's going to be some assistance to access your super to purchase your first home. Now, there's already something in place, um, but what we're hearing, and it's gaining a lot of support, um, is that they're going to make it more accessible. So, again, um, we'll keep our members up to date with the progress. Well, Mel, speaking of accessing super prior to retirement, one of the more significant responses to COVID-19 that we saw at a government policy level was the early release of superannuation. This is essentially the ability for people to access their super to access their superannuation earlier under limited circumstances. It's obviously a big step. Can you tell us a little bit more about the impact that this has had on the superannuation industry as a whole so far and the impacts that are potentially going to come in the future? This piece of government policy that came in was massive for the industry. So I'm not a numbers person. I'm just going to give you a couple of figures um, just to give some context around it. So, um, so far, $32.5 billion has been withdrawn from super. That's billion wow. um, for early release. Yeah, so uh, that's massive. 3.3 million people accessed the first round of super. So that was between the months of March and June. Then they announced a second trench. So in that second trench, which started in July and is set to finish on the 31st of December, so far we've had 1.4 million people access the second round. Now, the average of withdrawals, so you can withdraw up to 10. So in the first trench, we had about um, 7,400 as the average for withdrawal. And second time round, we're looking at a high figure of 8,319 not a very round number, but that's the average figure that people are withdrawing. Um, one thing that we are proud of as a sector is that we're able to step up um, and ensure that these funds were received by the members who were in desperate need of funds at that stage of their life. Um, they were impacted negatively by COVID and needed some funds. Um, so we were able to pay them out within an average of 3.3 days, which is simply amazing, considering that this wasn't even available um, you know, before March. Uh, now, the long-term impact is another question that you asked me. So in the long term, people aren't really going to feel this until they reach retirement. Now, it really depends on your age, your income, your current balance, how much you're earning, but it's been reported that it's going to have a negative impact on your retirement balance of anywhere between, say, 40000 up to 150000 
So the 10,000 that you've withdrawn in today's dollars is really going to have a massive impact when you retire. Um, there's a lot of variables around this and that's why I've given you very sort of, you know, 40,000 to 150 because it really also takes into account investment returns. Um, but I can assure you that in the long term, the negative impact is going to be massive. And Mel, what about the impacts that we're seeing or might start to see specifically for Guild Super members on this front? So we've done a bit of analysis on this. We've had a, a, quite a number of members who have actually withdrawn their super completely. So they've gone down to zero balance. And employers are starting to really get concerned about this. So we have been approached by a number of employers who are concerned, not only for the mental health of their staff, but also they've realised that there's this definite link between financial wellness and mental health. So um, those staff members who have had to access their superannuation, they've seen a dramatic decline in their mental health as well. Um, so, you know, we work really hard for our members. It's what we do. Um, and we too are genuinely concerned, not just for the short-term impact, but also the long-term impact. Um, and, you know, just a reminder that our membership base is mainly female. So we've got... Um, 85% of our membership base as female. So with superannuation, they're already on the back foot, right? There's already that massive gap in superannuation um, balances at retirement. So we're really working hard to make sure that our members do get to healthy retirement um, because at the moment, the impact that this is having is just adding to their financial worries. Insurance, it's an important factor. We know that people will often have some type of insurance cover in their superannuation account. Do these changes that we're seeing around early release of superannuation have any potential impacts on the insurance cover area for members? I'm just going to speak in general here. So depending on which super fund you're with. So if you've made a partial withdrawal, so you've got your balance below a certain figure, or you've made a full withdrawal of your superannuation and you've drawn your balance down to zero, it could mean that your insurance has also been cancelled or lost because of this. Now, um, the downside is that it's really difficult to get your cover reinstated. So say, for example, you know, you, you've drawn down your super, your insurance is gone. It's not the case of, oh, I'll just recontribute to my superannuation account and my insurance reappears um, because you've lost your default insurance. So what members will need to do in most cases is they'll have to go through medical underwriting. Now, if you've got pre-existing conditions to get your insurance back in the state that it was, is going to be really difficult. Um, this was very much an unintended consequence, um, we believe, of... Um, the early withdrawal process, um, but people aren't going to necessarily feel this as a long-term impact until they realise that they no longer have insurance and they go to make an insurance claim. So we're really concerned um, that this message has been lost um, in what the government has put out in relation to early release. You spoke earlier about how the impact of early release of super is always in the long run going to be a negative one. And you just spoke then about people potentially topping up to reinstate insurances. Unfortunately, as we know, there's many people in Australia who have been adversely impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic this year who may have to consider the early release option or may have already done so and gone down that path. For those 
who have accessed early release, Mel, what can they do to help rebuild their superannuation balances? What we're starting to do in our conversations with our members is we're starting to talk to them about implementing a COVID super recovery plan. Now, what that means is, you know, if you have withdrawn super um, from early release, that's quite obvious, right? Because I've spoken about those figures, you know, between 40 to 150 being the impact. But don't forget, there was also a market slump that happened in March, right? So everyone's been impacted by markets and COVID, regardless of whether you've accessed that cash. So um, my suggestion would be to go to the Money Smart website. Um, they've got a really great retirement calculator on there and you can punch in your current balance, the contribution figures, et cetera, and you'll get to a figure at retirement. Now, ASFA recommends a figure of, of approximately $545,000 to retire on. Um, now, uh, I know a lot of people I speak to are going to fall really shy of that amount. Uh, but what you can do with that calculator is play around with it. So you can, you know, say I'm going to make an extra um, personal contributions per month or I'm going to do salary sacrifice per month. Um, and you'll see your balance adjust accordingly at retirement. Now, most super funds out there are advocating for members to do that. Right? So they're saying, you know, if you've taken the money out, put the money back in. Right. It sounds fantastic and a really simple solution. But the people who have withdrawn their money are in financial difficulty. Right. So the likelihood of them actually having that 10 grand spare just sitting in the bank account is not there. Right. Like, let's get real. So, yes, over time you can do personal contributions, you can salary sacrifice. Um, you may even be um, eligible to do spouse contributions. But what we're looking for is something, you know, a little bit more innovative. Um, and for those members who are with Guild Super, they know that we've got a solution that has won innovation awards and it's really coming into its own now as we start talking to our members about the COVID super recovery plans. Mel, it's no secret that while superannuation is very, very important, it's not the most exciting topic for people and you spoke earlier about the superannuation glaze. So this next question's very important because one of the more exciting features that we can discuss today is Guild Super's Super Super program, the shop and save reward program that is available exclusively to members and which in fact won an innovation award for Guild Super. Can you tell us a little bit more about this exciting program? So we've actually won a few awards. 2020 was not the year of awards, unfortunately. Um, but 2019, you know, we were awarded the most innovative fund in the world, um, and that was for Super Super. We were also the Chant West um, winners for the most innovative fund. Um, and for those people who don't know what Super Super is, you know, I always say if you can't explain something in a sentence, you don't know what you're talking about. So um, Super Super is a way of getting money into your superannuation account just by doing your everyday shop. So what we're talking about here is we all do grocery shopping, we all buy petrol. Every time you spend at participating retailers, a percentage of the money that you spend gets put into your superannuation account as a personal contribution. Now, the beauty of this is, yes, your super balance will go up and I'm personally up to nearly $1,500 with the spend that I've been doing uh, over the last year or so. But it also entitles you to additional money coming in from the government. So there's the government co-contribution. So if you're eligible, you can get a bonus $500 from the government just by doing everyday shopping. 
Mel, it's an intriguing approach to superannuation. So I think the next logical question for me is, I'm interested to know how Super Super is traveling. Can you talk through some of the impacts that you've seen on members since it was introduced? We're really proud of our product. Um, We've done a lot of hard work to get it to where it is. And to date, we've contributed over $86,000 into our members' superannuation accounts, which is simply amazing. So that's money that wouldn't have gone anywhere. It was simply created by people doing everyday shop. So one of our largest users, um, this person is going to retire on approximately an additional $130,000 in retirement if they continue to do their everyday shopping and their everyday spend through Super Super. So our members who accessed early release, this is a really great way for them to build it up. I I did mention before that um, it's approximated that between 40,000 to 150,000 will be lost in retirement. One of our largest users has already put an additional 130,000 in to their retirement. So that's absolutely fantastic. And what this will do is really offset um, the impact of COVID. And look, it's a great news story. I mean, why wouldn't you do this? Just your everyday shopping to rebuild your superannuation and get you to a better retirement. Yeah, it absolutely sounds amazing. And it's clear that Guild Super is a company not content to rest on its laurels. As you said, these are innovations that were put in place during 2020 when not a lot of innovation was really happening. Not a lot of awards were being handed out. So I'm excited to know what's on the innovation horizon at Guild Super. There's a lot of things happening and some of it's still top secret. But what I can assure our members is that we are evolving super, super. So we have listened to our membership base. We know that you want to make it easier to use. And if it's easier to use, it's easier to get more money into your superannuation accounts. So we're currently working on that process and a way to make it seamless transition. So watch this space. I reckon we might have an announcement in about six months or so. One other thing that we have been doing is we've been listening to our employers and the feedback that they've been providing is with everything that's been going on, whilst, yes, it has impacted their staff's financial wellness, it is having a definite impact on their mental wellbeing as well. So what we're looking to do is to build out what we're referring to as a financial boot camp um, and it's going to be a digital platform where employees can get on and learn the simple financial acumen of managing your finances. So things like budgeting, paying off debt, saving, and this is going to be available for our employers to distribute through to all of their staff. So that's one thing that's coming. Um, And another thing that we're doing is we're building out our employer value proposition to support their staff in relation to not just mental, but also physical health solutions. So again, just watch this space. Um, there's a lot going on at the moment in superannuation. We're continuing to do as much as we can for our members and we're going to have some really exciting announcements coming up soon. Well, Mel, apart from just watching this space, if members and listeners want to find out more, what else can they do? Where can they go? You can get on our website, so guildsuper.com.au. You can also get on the Money Smart website. They've got some really great information on there. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, to anyone at Guild Super. Um, Our contact details are available to you and we look forward to speaking to you. Melinda DeVita, Head of Market Growth at Guild Super. Thank you so much for coming on the show and discussing superannuation in community pharmacy. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. 
Listeners, as we've heard today, it's never too late to start thinking about your superannuation. As a business owner, it is important that you understand your obligations around superannuation payments. The Guild provides members with up-to-date industry information to help you understand these obligations and how to implement them. Members can access this information and guidance through guild.org.au. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 62 of the PBCN podcast. The PBCN podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.